Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time are you being influenced if you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade then there's a chance it's been influenced by the chinese communist party Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. 
This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is Friday, everybody. It is Friday. Yes, I'm going to hit some politics today, but we are going to have fun. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can call 877-377-4373. Let me stress this. It can be political if you want, but it absolutely does not have to be. If you want to call and ask the best way to get rid of your mother-in-law, that's fine. It's Friday. I can't always promise you this is going to be the case, but for the most part, absent some brand new gigantic story out there, for the most part, we're going to try to keep Friday a little bit lighter. It's the end of the week. You've been bludgeoned over the face with enough crappy news throughout the week. It's Friday, man. So, 877-377-4373. You've already sent in a boatload of questions. I will get to them as soon as I get done with, well, you know what we have to do now. I want you to picture this scene. You have been tasked with tracking down dead comrades of yours. You're in the army. Another army unit, undoubtedly with men that you know, men that you know really well, got massacred somehow, some way. And this was, you know, some time back. Ten years or so. You have to go find where they were massacred. You have to go survey the scene. You're trying to recover some things from that unit, some physical items, because obviously the guys are dead. But you have to go. And so your unit, you begin the march. And soon you're approaching the area and you think this about the place and it is a dark dark forest the darkest you can imagine one of those like rainforest type things only this is more pine trees you can heart the sun really never hits the forest floor the trees are tall and thick and in the middle of the day it is dark in there let alone when the clouds come or night comes and you get to the area where your guys went down and you see something on a tree up ahead about four feet off the ground and you can't quite make it out. So you scurry over to it with your buddies. It's dark. It's creepy. And what you see on that tree is a skull nailed to the tree trunk. And it's one of your buddies. That happened 
a long, long time ago. Understand something about ancient Rome before I get into the story I'm going to tell you today. We'll talk a lot about Rome because there's so much history to it. But the German people were a handful for the Romans. An absolute handful. There was a time, and this is not going to be our story today, where the Kimbri and the Teutons, who were thought to be Germans, that you don't need to remember those names, don't worry about that. They were two gigantic German tribes. They scared the crap out of everybody, including everybody in Gaul, which is France, and they were beating the living daylights out of massive Roman armies. And finally, Rome sent up one of their great generals, Gaius Marius, and he finally defeated them. And they were rattled still. Who are these German people? And north of Italy, north of Rome, there was Gaul. They were the Gauls, the Celts. And they were wild and thought to be these barbarians and fanatically brave. You know, everything you could picture. You've seen Braveheart. They don't even wear armor. They're just insane. So, And then a lot of that was true. And the Gauls were scared to death of the Germans. A Roman would look at a Gaul and think, this dude is big and mean and crazy. And a Gaul would look at a Roman and say, brother, a German is big and mean and crazy. It's just how they were. And so there was a lot of history there between Rome and the Germans. And then Julius Caesar comes along, and he's pretty much one of if not the most fascinating non-Jesus character in the history of mankind. He just is. If you've never read or learned anything about Julius Caesar, I'll probably do something on him next week. This, that's not what today is going to be. Just know this dude was a genius, a certifiable genius in every way. Maybe the most talented human being that ever lived. Talented writer. Maybe the best general who ever lived. He did that too. I mean, the dude was absurd. Absurd. He takes over Gaul. France is what you would know it. Gets to the Rhine, which is the border between Gaul. You know, it's it's the border. It's, it's the German border. He does some really cool stuff there, which I will save to, for another day. But eventually Caesar... Takes a trip to the Senate he should not have taken. Gets stabbed 9,000 times. Everybody knows the story. Caesar dies. There's this long succession, and eventually Caesar Augustus takes over. He was Octavian at the time. It was Caesar's adopted son. All you need to know is the next guy's name is Caesar Augustus. Again, I don't bore you with the details. Plenty of those details are out there. You may be a detail freak. I just think for radio, there's too many names and such. The guy who came after Caesar. That's all you need to know. And he oversees Rome at its peak as far as territory goes. Finally, they decide they're going to start making some inroads into Germany. Remember, this is there is no Germany at the time. There's what they consider Germanic tribes, and there's like 60 of them. And half of them hate each other, and half of them love each other, and it's a big it's a big old mess. But Caesar Augustus decides he's going to start pushing into Germany. We've had enough. We've expanded everywhere else we can expand. Screw these Germans. Let's rock and roll. 
And as before, it proves to be a handful. The Germans are, yes, they're good fighters. That's part of it. But they're not Roman legionaries. Let's just be real clear about something. Roman legionaries were the T1 Abrams tank, or M1 Abrams tank, I'm sorry, T1, M1 Abrams tank of that era. Not not the individual soldier, mind you. A one-on-one battle between a German and a legionary could go either way. But these Roman legionaries, when they would join forces, join shields, they were absurdly disciplined and drilled and trained all the time. That's how Rome conquered the world. The Roman legionary conquered the world. All these barbaric tribes, you can be as brave as you want and screaming and yelling and, ah! Yeah, uh, that may look good in the mirror, but the fact you're not wearing armor and I'm covered in it is not going to go well for you. And oftentimes it didn't. The Romans would hold fast for the hard charge, let you wear yourself out on their shields, and then cut through you like grass. They did it repeatedly over and over and over again. There's something else they did. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. Omega XL. Remember that name. Because the truth is this. We don't, we don't like to talk about it, but there's no safety, right? There's no cure for coronavirus. There's no vaccine. They have some treatments. You read one article, it says it might work. Another article, it says it doesn't. And coronavirus isn't the only disease out there. And even if we get that thing licked, we got more coming. There's always another one coming. What you need to fight against disease is something you already have. That's your immune system. Why not make it stronger? Omega XL is a natural anti-inflammatory supplement that strengthens your own immune system. The one that's already inside of you. Yeah, it's time. Make it stronger. Check the news. OmegaXL.com slash Jesse. When you go there, you get a second bottle free with your first order. Go to OmegaXL.com slash Jesse. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. Even Germany was going to fall eventually, right? Have to. This is Rome. They had done nothing up to this point but expand. And just so you know, we're dealing about zero. That's the that's the year. I'm not kidding. The, the era that we're about to talk about is 9 AD. It's kind of funny to think about Jesus was 9. when <laughs> We're talking about this just in a different part of the world. And Rome starts to do in Germany what Rome had done all over the place. They were just wonderful at this. They would begin to Romanize 
these wild, barbaric places. And they would do it in different ways, in wonderful ways, in horrible ways. They had this down to a virtual science at this point. They would massacre some tribes who resisted so others could see it. They would collect slaves. Slavery is obviously a sore subject for good reason here in America because we don't like that part of a past of our past, nor should we. But understand something. Slavery is the history of the world. The world. And Rome, where they were huge into it. Slaves were big money. Whenever they conquered, the generals would get rich. The legionaries would get rich. Generals, as a reward, would oftentimes give their guys slaves or allow them to take slaves. We'll come back to that in a second. That's going to be important. So you would kill some. You'd enslave some. You would, as a Roman, take some in. Especially the the upper crust, the royalty in these tribes, this chieftain or that chieftain. Hey, you, you, we don't have to fight, man. Come on. We're Rome. We actually have running water indoors. I'm not exaggerating, by the way. The Romans, in the year zero, had running water indoors. When I say these people were incredible, I mean they were incredible. And you can imagine you're a Germanic tribe. You make your living on the move with cattle and hunting, and you you live wild. And all of a sudden, you find somebody with a faucet in his home. That would be quite eye-opening that, wow, maybe these Romans aren't that bad. And many Germans came along. They were like, you know what? Sweet. This actually works for me. And many were exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, I'd rather kill every Roman who lived. And that's what Rome was doing. They were pacifying the German region. But part of bringing people in meant educating them in your ways. Meant training them in your military ways. It meant letting them sit on your military councils, help make plans with you. Lead auxiliary units for you. And specifically right now, I'm talking about a man named Arminius. Arminius was a German chieftain. A practically member of the royal family in Germany. However, he was also somebody Rome took in. They actually brought him back to Rome and educated him in Rome. And then the... Roman commander in Germany at this time was a man named Varus. Varus brings in Arminius, and Arminius is one of his right-hand dudes. Yes, Arminius is a German, but he helps provide information on other Germanic tribes. These people are rebelling. Hey, you better watch out for this chieftain. Hey, I think we can bribe this guy. Oh, we better kill that guy. He's your scout. Not uncommon. Here's the problem for Varus. Arminius may be your scout, but Arminius secretly hates your freaking guts. And he has a plan. And it should be noted, Varus, as they said about him, he's a commander of the camp. That's We're going to come back to that in a moment as well. Varus's father was on the wrong side of the Julius Caesar Pompey Magnus battle, 
And as soon as Caesar beat the crap out of Pompey Magnus, again, he had no business winning that battle, but because he's Julius Caesar, he did. Varus's father committed suicide. Varus was not some war leader. Varus was a man who was good at exactly what Rome needed him to be at this time. He was good at pacifying a region. Again, put, it, put down a little rebellion here, gather some slaves here, collect taxes here. That's how... Varus did his business, and I'm actually not judging the guy for that. Let me explain something to you about your own military. Every military, people are good at different things, and they all have important roles to play. Do you need a General Patton, who the Germans famously said was the number one attacking general in the entire American military? Do you need somebody like that? You bet you do. But do you need a guy who can make sure the water and food get to where they need to go? Uh, yeah, you do. And very often, those are two different men with different skill sets. You need them all. So I'm not insulting Varus, but that was what he was known for. He wasn't some battle commander. Arminius one day. Now keep in mind, this is September. Romans, they really hunkered down in the wintertime, especially up north like this. We're talking Germany, right? We're talking snow. You didn't really do military campaigns of any kind. You didn't do much of anything. You had a winter quarters set up. You just kind of go back to what you consider civilization Hang out until the snows pass, and then onward you go. So it's getting to be towards winter. Starting to be awfully cloudy outside. Starting to rain. They are getting ready to pack up and leave and call it a campaign until spring. And then Arminius knocks on Varus's door. I'm saying that very, very figuratively. I'm sure Varus actually had probably had a tent and not a door. Arminius walks in and says, hey, man, we got a problem. Not a huge problem, but we have a problem. There's a tribe. They're rebelling. They're in the middle of a rebellion. Understand that a rebellion under Roman rule was a very, very, very big deal for them. They would put down, as so many powerful empires have, they would put down rebellions viciously because they wanted to send a message. It's not that they were mad. Yeah, I'm sure they were a little annoyed, but they wanted to make sure, okay, you want to rebel? Let's go crucify some people. We'll go enslave all your women and children, and we'll see if the next village feels like rebelling. That was the Roman way. And very effective. Granted, not the most humane thing in the world, but extremely effective. And they had been doing that kind of thing for some time in Germany. Maybe creating a bit more bad blood than they realized in Germany. And remember, this Arminius was a guy with a real hate on. And Arminius says, you know what? I know where they are. Come on, we're going to take off this way and we'll go get them. Varus, who had fought with Arminius before, had been given good intel from Arminius before, had no reason to doubt until Arminius's own father-in-law that's right. His wife's father comes to Varus and says, uh, 
this is a trap. He's leading you into a trap. And Varys says, no, you just hate your son-in-law. And the father-in-law says, no, no, I do hate him, but you don't understand. This guy has a plan, and he's very, very good. He's leading you into a trap. But you're the Romans, right? You have three legions. That's 15,000 Roman legionaries. You're really not worried about a German trap. Except you should have been. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. They've never made a documentary about me. Much as I like to brag about myself, I have to acknowledge Leo Grillo's got it going on, doesn't he? You see, the guy walked away from Hollywood 40 years ago and devoted his life to saving animals. His life to saving animals. He started Delta Rescue, and now it's the largest no-kill and care-for-life animal sanctuary in the world. And he's been doing it so long and doing it so well, they made a documentary about him called The Rescuer, and it's won awards. Well, why? The guy took two years to save a family of 21 dogs that had been abandoned. If you can believe that, people just abandon animals like this. Leo finds them. Leo saves them. You get a copy of The Rescuer free when you go to deltarescue.org slash jesse and get involved. Do that now. deltarescue.org slash jesse. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three is the number. It's an Ask Doctor Jesse Friday. Varys ignores Arminius's father-in-law and says, "Yeah, man, let's go put down a, debel- a rebellion." And Varys and his three legions they take off in the rainy September into the dark, dark German forest. And they're never going to come back again. The first day, Arminius is with the army, mind you, at this time, with the Roman army. The first day, they start seeing shadows and movements in the woods, just individuals. It's weird, but not uncommon. These are wild people. Some of these tribes are really wild. Some of them are really not big fans of the Romans. And then they start chucking rocks at the Romans with slings. Now, when I say chucking, I don't want to say you just reared back and threw one. People were excellent slingers back in the day. But still, you're a Roman legion. You're really not rattled by a few people throwing rocks in the woods. And they couldn't get a hold of these guys. It would be one, two at a time. They would show up out of the woods and chuck one and take off. Not the end of the world, a little disconcerting because, gosh, it is still, man, it is raining. It is so dark, I can't see them. But not the end of the world, right? Then you make it through your first day, and it was a little 
crazy and you're a Roman. At the end of any day as a Roman, understand this, they built quickly the most amazing fortifications like that you can possibly imagine. Rome would build basically a fort in a day. And then every day they stayed there longer, they would build it up more and more. They were famous for this. People say they conquered the world this way. If a Roman army got someplace, give them three or four hours, you're staring at you know walls and stuff. Like, like wait, what? What? How did they do that? They were famous for it. And they set up camp. No big deal, right? They take off again the second day, and Arminius goes to Varus and says, Hey, man, uh, we keep getting these guys throwing stuff at us. I'm going to go on ahead, and I'm going to scout things out, okay? And Varus is like, Yeah, yeah, good, good deal. Take your German auxiliary unit and take off. And he took off. And the second day started to get really, really bad because those two or three guys that were throwing rocks turned into 10, 15 guys, and they were throwing javelins. And now you're strung out because it's a narrow path. You can't march in formation anymore. You're not sure what to do, and now you have dead people on your hands, and you can't get a hold of these guys. They would show up, throw javelins. You'd take off after them. They'd run away. You can't get them. Then you go back in formation, and you find your buddy with a javelin through his gut. At the end of the second day, you make camp and you have a serious, serious problem on your hands because you're looking around and calling a meeting of your lieutenants, if you're Varus, and a lot of them are dead. And you realize your army is in bad, bad shape now because now you have wounded, your men are exhausted, it is muddy, and it is dark. And you are where they live now. The Roman legionaries may have been incredible, and they were, but they were really, really incredible in the open, in a thick forest where they can't form up, join shields. They're in trouble. Varus sends out a cavalry unit. Hey, go scout out this area. I think it was about 200 guys, if I remember right. Go scout out this area. See if we can get out of here. He's no longer interested in putting down a rebellion. He knows he's got trouble on his hands. The cavalry unit takes off. It is still within earshot, and they get ambushed and massacred to the last man. Varus sat there and listened to his men beg for mercy and received none as they were slaughtered at the hands of the Germans in a dark, dark forest. Varus, remember his father? Remember how that ended for him? Well, Varus decided with still, I believe, eight to 10,000 Roman legionaries under his command, he decided he couldn't go on anymore and takes his own life. And now you have eight to 10,000 men minus lieutenants, minus their commander in the dark forest, and they don't know how to get home. And the Germans... You've noticed by this point in time, this is not a tribe. This is at least three different tribes from a different place of Germany, from a different part of Germany, meaning you now know this is highly organized, highly planned, and you have to get out. Only they have, they have all these wounded men, so they set up a camp and they leave about half the men in this camp to tend to the wounded and try to patch things up, and the other half takes off. 
and they get massacred too. And then the ones that were at the camp finally, when it was all said and done, get massacred too. And the Germans, full of hatred, well, they saved the officers for last. And that didn't go very well. They they got the treatment like slicing out their tongues and then sewing their mouths shut. They got crucified against trees. Remember that skull at the very beginning that was stapled to the tree? They got that too. They got boiled alive. They got their throats cut in the dark, dark Tudorberg Forest. Three Roman legions destroyed. Famously, when someone came back and told Caesar Augustus that three Roman legions had been destroyed in Germany, he pounded his head against the wall and said, Varus, give me back my legions. It's a famous, famous saying throughout history. But there were no legions to give back. Should be noted, remember I said at the beginning, we were at the height of Rome's power? Never again, ever, did they hold territory in Germany. They left. I would say they never came back, but that's not quite true. A man named Germanicus led that expedition I told you about in the beginning with men from the unit, some of the few survivors, to go try to recover the Roman standard. A Roman standard was a big deal. You'll hear me talk about it in the future, not today. It was their their symbol, their eagle at the end of a big stick, and it was not a small thing. This was not just nothing. We actually have stories of the Romans as they're being massacred in the swamps of this forest trying to hide the standard in the swamp water. The man with the standard putting it under his shirt and diving under the swamp water trying to make sure he can keep it from the Germans, but they found him and they found the standard. The end of Roman expansion took place in 9 AD at the hands of some Germanic tribes. A couple things really hit me as I was thinking about this and I was reading about it last night and such. One, if you had told Rome before those three days that they were done expanding, every single Roman to a man would have laughed in your face. We're Rome. We, we're, we're never done expanding. So when I look around at what's happening right now and some poll numbers I'm about to tell you, it just occurs to me that trees don't grow to the sky. Jesse Kelly Show. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? 
You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 